everybody, welcome everybody to the Pixel Podcast. Uh, today I have the uh, special guest that goes by Ann Citru. Uh, hey, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, hi, so yeah, I'm Ann Citru or Astrid. Um, <laughs> I'm from Belgium, which you can tell by my very lovely Yeehaw accent. And, um, I recently turned 28 because it, but because it's 2020, I'm not counting it. So yeah. <laughs> nice. there we go. <laughs> nice. Uh, would you want to talk about a little bit how you got into Pixar art? Oh, wow. So um, I'm going to identify myself as being very old here, I think. Um, <laughs> I got started with pixel art um, when I sort of started playing video games on my Game Boy Color. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I like this the aesthetic of Pokemon games, like Pokemon Crystal and the uh, Legend of Zelda games. I think yeah. I played Oracle of Ages, if I'm not mistaken. And then when I was old enough to start using the internet, because my parents were a little bit strict, um, <laughs> I joined DeviantArt. And mm-hmm. on DeviantArt, I saw these like little 50 pixel by 50 pixel squares that people were making um, as DeviantArt icons. Oh, wow. And they were cute. They were colorful. And as a 16-year-old, I thought, well, I can do that too. Yeah. Um, I won't share the first ones I made because they're <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I think yeah, I think most people will agree with you there uh, that most of their Pixar is pretty. They're the the ones that they started out doing was pretty bad. So yeah, like the ones that I started with, the, for some reason I wanted to make those DeviantArt icons, and then uh-huh. I I just took two things that shouldn't have been meshed together, but oh, I uh... thought, well, cute cupcakes. What do I like? Pokemon. Okay, let's make Pokeball cupcakes. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I I still don't quite recall what the entire creative process behind that was, but I uh-huh. pixeled it. I liked it. Um, I think I got started in MS Paint actually, because I was oh, just wow. looking through folders on my computer, and the one where I keep my pixel art is titled Graphics Gale slash MS Paint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And just, it sort of snowballed from there because then I, I started pixeling, I started being picked up. And then at one point, um, they had a call for a moderator on DeviantArt for the pixel icons category. Oh, nice. And I applied, I got it. And from there on, it just sort of became a bigger and bigger part of my creative space. Sort oh, of. that's cool. Not sure how to describe it, but DeviantArt kind of pushed me into it and it all went from there. Nice. Um, and I noticed you uh, did Pixel Dailies uh, for a while too. Would you want to talk yeah. a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, I made my Twitter account when I was on DeviantArt because I saw everyone make a Twitter account and mm-hmm. it had to be on every social media site. Um, yeah. And I made it and then I didn't use it. <laughs> <laughs> which I think a lot of people can probably relate to. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until I, I don't remember why, but I posted some pixels up and then someone referred me to the pixel lately. He's like, hey, if you pixel, you should probably check those out as well. Oh, nice. And that's sort of how it's, how I got started, how I got to know the pixel community on Twitter as well. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah. That's cool. So, yeah. I know for me, like personally, um, I don't think anyone actually referred me to it, but I remember seeing uh like 
like whenever you would see that hashtag Pixar, you'd usually see Pixar Days accompanied by it um, every now and then. And I and I checked it out, and they had a whole page uh, for this this cool community and stuff. And I joined it yeah. uh, and enjoyed doing that for like a little, like probably a few months or so until I just got burnt out. Um, there's some I know there's like a bunch of artists in that community actually that do it like every single day. And I'm like, how? <laughs> there are some that like you have the ones that do very like strict formatting on theirs. Yeah. Like, uh, Salami Child, he does these. Yeah, yeah. and like I think they're 32 by 32 squares, uh -huh. and they always blow me away. Like he he can probably knock them out pretty quick. Yeah. But they're also always so super impressive. Yeah, and they're like and creative they're, too. Like. Yeah. They're they're pretty uh different compositionally and stuff. Um and the colors you can always tell they're his. Yeah. Like yeah. There's there's always that one signature or the, the, the fact that it's a square with the, the full background uh -huh. um color. Like he, you can immediately tell it was made by Salami Child and I love that. Exactly. Like, yeah. Pixel Ailies, you get introduced to so many new artists. I know because they also tweet so many great works yeah I, I just love that entire concept in the entire community and and that's like i i like uh give 100 percent credit um of uh pixel dailies for like getting me into pixar in general because like if it wasn't for them i probably wouldn't have found like a community in pixar i probably would just be posting pixar but like not actually like interacting with other pixars and stuff like that so that's super cool though like yeah. until you posted your paintings i had no idea you were you started as an illustrator and then moved to pixel art yeah yeah um because uh like i actually started um traditionally uh probably around like high school i generally just did like pen pencil sketches and stuff like that um and then i moved over to digital uh mm -hmm. so just like digital painting and stuff um and i had fun with that for a little bit and then that's during a time where I was going to college for art and um, got a lot of exposure to different types of mediums like sculpting, um, metal working, uh, uh, like jewelry making and all, pretty much any kind of medium you could think of, like traditional painting too as well. Um, that's super cool though. Like, yeah. And yeah, that's what I kind of like about the Pixel Dailies. It's, I've met... Um, Go away, I'm crabby via the Pixel Oh, dailies. yeah, me too. Like, um, Shama Boy. Um, yeah. Wow, I gotta think here. Uh, well, Salami Child, Doug Burb, like so many of the, the great pixel artists that I now follow, mm -hmm. you kind of meet them organically via the Pixel Dailies. And the the, the themes they always throw out are super cool as well. Yeah. Like, it could be something very normal one day like oh pixel a teapot and then the next day they give you these restrictions on on the sizing and the palette yeah, and, yeah. and give you a theme that's very abstract it's like run with it and it's super cool to see how everyone interprets the themes as well yeah um i think uh pixel day so you probably heard of uh pixel was it pixel joint uh website it's like a forum or something like that I've never heard of it before. You have it? Oh man. Okay, so Pixel Joint is basically like what Pixel Dailies was before that was even a thing. Um, so it's like this really old website, and it looks pretty old, like even to this day. Um, but like all of the uh, like Pixel artists who've been doing it for like ten plus years are wow. all from Pixel Joint mostly. Um, oh. 
Wow. Yeah, yeah so I actually I met like some... a lot of people from Pixel Joint. Like uh the one of my guests I had uh Dan oh. yeah, the, the one I had last last episode, Dan Fessler, I actually saw his stuff from Pixel Joint as well. Like I've been uh, pixeling for I guess 10 years or more, mm-hmm. but I've always stuck to DeviantArt. And I think before I was on DeviantArt, I was actually, I posted on Elf Town. <laughs> oh, what is, I don't even you know had, what that is. <laughs> yeah, like you had this art site. Well, you had Elf Wood, which was art site for fantasy art. Uh-huh. And you had Elf Town, which was sort of the um, MySpace, but for artists and people oh, wow. into fantasy i guess nice yeah i'm, I'm really showing how old i am here <laughs> <laughs> but then from there on i was i went to deviantart and i recently discovered discovered pixel joint as like the website itself because mm-hmm. i knew they had forums um because someone linked me to pixel art tutorial from on the pixel joint forums and then i kept linking that to beginner pixel artists because it's so well written yeah yeah but I only recently discovered, like, oh, it's not just a forum; it's it's an actual website. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they have uh, like a gallery, and they actually do challenges themselves yeah. too. Um, but I think Pixel Dailies really, uh, like, sort of took over the whole challenge thing for Pixel Art because, like, Pixel Joint does it on a weekly basis, um, while Pixel Daily does it every day, and they don't they don't really i feel like it's less pressuring too to do pixel yeah. dailies because like it doesn't need to be anything really like well done or it could just be a cute little simple idea so yeah like with pixel joint when i discovered the website mm-hmm. i was so intimidated yeah yeah there's like a there's lot of so, crazy stuff on there yeah like super detailed huge pieces mm-hmm. and there are some freaking amazing artists on there and I'm just sitting there like I make tiny foods. <laughs> yeah. And they're cute. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Take me seriously as an artist. Yeah. I feel like that's that's like one thing I kinda don't like about uh certain like uh genres, I guess, is that like some people feel like it, the cutesy style is like yeah. pretty easy to do and anybody can do it or whatever, which, I mean, there's probably some truth to that, but like, then again, like, I don't see you doing cutesy Pixar art either. So like, is it really that yeah. easy? <laughs> it's like everyone has their own style. Like for yeah. instance, um, oh man, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of this name, but Xiangmu, I think. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. He does these beautiful, like, gothic-ish inspired pixel art. Uh-huh. And I probably couldn't do that because mm. it's a very specific style and it's he's grown into that. Yeah. Then again, there are probably other artists who look at my work and think, well, I could never do that. The colors are too bright. I could never figure yeah. out this art fit that together uh-huh. so like you can appreciate the art but then also realize like i don't do the exact same style of art and that's okay i have my own style yeah like i think that's, that's a it's like a healthy way of looking at it too because like yeah. if, if you if you can accept that you're not going to be able to do everything and like you know do something in a certain style and just yeah. you know stay in your own lane i guess kind of thing um it's it's kind of better like the best advice i've always heard is um to quote unquote steal like an artist yeah that you look at the pieces that you like not Mm -hmm. necessarily to copy them or to to copy the style but to look at and figure out why you like the piece is it the colors is it the composition is it the way they cluster or 
yeah. whatever. And then you analyze that and you adapt it to your own style. Yeah. So that you still have a little bit of the art you admire, but in your own way. Exactly. It over pixel per pixel yeah that's like whenever it comes down to like the whole discussion of uh like how to find my art style and that kind of stuff yeah like uh i always see like a lot of uh big artists i follow they uh like answer that question and generally they all say the same thing along the lines of uh like still from your favorite artists and always um oh well, i got a donation thank you uh so okay yeah so they always say like still from your favorite artist and then mo still from multiple different artists yeah. so that way you can't you can't really be saying like someone can't say oh you're copying this artist but you're in fact copying like a bunch of different ones so it's like your own style in a way so yeah, that's like much. how a lot of people do it reduce reuse recycle exactly <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh um so actually uh have you ever you actually said that you haven't really got into like game dev and stuff like that right yeah that's that's because game dev scares the ever-living shit out of me <laughs> so, so you would like never want to do it um i wouldn't want to do it on my own if that makes sense yeah like, yeah I, 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 I i'm not sure how to describe it but when i look at everything that goes into a game uh -huh. and then i realize that is a shit ton of art that needs to be made and it yeah. needs to be good exactly. i sort of i, I freeze because that's that looks like a ginormous mountain i mean and i feel like someone with your kind of style would be into making like a little game dev or game jam uh like kind of games like smaller it, like, you know, games that take like an hour or so to beat or anything like that? Like, I just, I would not, I would not know where to start. It's, it's the entire truth of it. Like, well, honestly, I think the best place to start is just come up with an idea. Uh, see, and that's also where the trouble is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you don't, have, I, you don't have to come up with the idea. You could just find someone who, like, is going to code and, like, do the design yeah. of it or whatever. Like, the game design yeah. part. And you could just do the art, honestly. Like when I when I posted that witch cottage pixel um, uh -huh. for for pixel dailies, yeah, yeah, I posted on Reddit, and there were so many comments like, "Oh, is this from a game that's coming out? When is this game coming out? Oh, How are you yeah. making this game?" And I just sat there like, I I made one screen. <laughs> <laughs> I have no story. I have no context for this. It's just one screen. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Would you ever be, sorry, like, interested in making, like, a story, e even if it's just, like, through, like, you know, Pixar, like, a comic or something like that? Yeah, like that that would be cool. Mm -hmm. um, I, I do have a friend who's a writer, um, oh, nice. so I've, I've sort of been mustering up the courage to tap her on the shoulder and like, hey, you write good, <laughs> and you put the words together in a way that is interesting, so yeah. I could write the art, and you could, you know, <laughs> nice. make something worth reading. yeah. Um, but it's more, the, the other reason why it sort of scares me to tackle such a big project is at the moment I'm in between jobs. Mm -hmm. uh, so I have all the time in the world to post and make pixels and create and craft and, and everything. Yeah, yeah. But as soon as I have a job again, I, I usually work 40 hours a week. Oh, okay. And that leaves very little time to actually get something done. I've noticed. Yeah. Um, so at the moment, I'm trying to take full advantage of the fact that I'm at home. Mm -hmm. Yay, Corona. And <laughs> <laughs> um, to just knock everything out of my to-do list. And 
I don't know, a game, a game kind of scares me because it's, it's a huge project with an indefinite date of like it having it finished. Uh-huh. Well, it and, doesn't always have to be, though. Like, it could be a small thing that you could always just don't act, even have to finish. You could just, like, just put it out there and even have someone else finish, really. Yeah, like, I'd say if anyone has an idea, they're always free to DM me. The only pet peeve I have... <laughs> oh, no, here we go. <laughs> That's probably very clear if anyone follows my Twitter. It's when, when people DM me with their game idea and just yeah. immediately I'll do all the work for free. Yeah. Which if you have a good idea and you're open for collaboration and you're not going to be on my ass about deadlines because I'm doing the work for free, mm -hmm. that's okay. But I have, I've like, I've received DMS where you're doing the art for my game and I need it by next week. Buddy, oh, wow. bro, friendship. No. <laughs> <laughs> If you want it next week, you're gonna fucking pay me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, um, I actually noticed there's like this weird thing on my Twitch. I don't know what it is. It's like a little, I think it's like one of my di display things or something. It's, it's really weird. There's like a little yeah, I... line like going down just like in the middle of my layout thing or whatever. It's fine though. Um, I haven't got Twitch open, I'm afraid. That's fine. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, what are some of your biggest inspirations, um, whether it be Pixar or just art in general? For my art inspirations, um, I think this is one. This one's gonna be cliche, but I love Loish's art. Oh She's yeah, I know who that um, is. Yeah, everyone basically knows her. Pretty um, much. Yeah. <laughs> and then Siren, she does sort of Loish. I know her too. Grew into her own style, mm -hmm. so those are inspirations. And then I I watch a lot of movies. I I watch a lot of series. I read. I consume a lot of media, sort of to put it broadly. And yeah, I take a lot of inspiration from that. Like for instance, this is gonna be this is gonna sound like a very weird one, but I <laughs> love watching um, the Chinese. Wushu or Wushu movies? Like, Again, like kung fu movies, sort of? Um, more like the um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon type movies where they do like these fantastic leaps and then you know uh, it's okay. Yeah, not, yeah. Not like mm -hmm. Or like Chris and Bola Flowers. And they have these beautiful colors that are, like the scenes are very saturated, they're very detailed, there's... Like, I love watching those because it inspires me, not necessarily to pixel something based on a movie, but because the colors, the detailing, the costuming, yeah. the, it, it feeds my brain to sort of... That's cool. That's cool, though, <laughs> honestly, because, like, if you find, like, little things and stuff that wouldn't really relate to your art, but you could still apply it in a certain way, I think that's really cool, so... Like, the same with the Studio Ghibli movies. The oh, food yeah. in those looks amazing. Yeah. For instance, there's um, one artist on Twitter. Um, I think he's called Butterberry Cafe, and he does these like very tiny Twitch badges. Hmm, I and I saw those, and they're very cute. They're very saturated. They're oh adorable. yeah. I know and that. I saw that. And I figured, okay, I want to try that style, but I'll give my own twist to it. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And that's how I rolled into the tiny food pixels. Yeah. I figured, like. Let's 
make it even more difficult for myself and work on an 18 by 18 pixel canvas and try to capture entire dishes on 18 by 18 pixels. Honestly, that scares me <laughs> because like, I'm like the kind of pixel artist that hates the limitation part of it. So like, I generally like pretty much make my landscapes as big as I can. Uh, well, like, so like big as possible so that I don't get burnt out, but you know, I don't feel restricted uh, by limitations and stuff as well, so. They like the, the big canvases, they scare me. Yeah, they do I, for a lot I, of people. Yeah. Like, uh, I wouldn't know how to fill them and that's like, I, I completely suck at backgrounds. Well, see, my biggest advice would be that's the thing. You have to fill them first. Like, like don't like worry about making everything really pretty. Like at the beginning, you know, just fill, just focus on filling it. Uh, just yeah. putting, setting up a little composition and going from there. Pretty much, that's what I usually do. That, that's what I've been learning with the, the little terrarium pixels. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I scribble in and then start refining because beforehand I would, um, and. Like a pixel like that terrarium pixel would have taken me at least an entire day because I would sketch it out in paint tool saw and then I would outline like ink the entire piece sort mm -hmm. of in a way. Like I would I would pixel the lines and everything and make sure that's perfect and then yeah. I would flatten colors and then I would start shading and everything. Whereas now I just like the the um, in graphics scale you have this plus shaped tool which is super handy if you're um, texturing flowers or or um, oh, like the the little the pixel like it's like a little cross sort of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like, know what you're talking about. For, for every piece of organic greenery and flowers that I've done, I just scribble in the darkest color, like dot a few in the lighter color over that, and then a little bit of highlights, and like, it looks good. And it takes yeah. me only two minutes. Whereas beforehand, I would have sketched it out, I would have inked it, I would have flatted it, then I would have placed each pixel meticulously. Oh yeah. It's, it's definitely not it's not worth it's not worth the time spent yeah. in it so yeah i definitely like love taking any kind of shortcut that i possibly can just because I'm uh, learning that now <laughs> yeah there's no shame in it either because everybody does it so like yeah. it, like there's no like, point of being that one person who does it like one pixel by one pixel like everything so like the same thing is i for the longest time i was like gradients bad yeah <laughs> and now with the terrarium pixels like okay it needs to look like it's behind glass mm -hmm. i'm just gonna slap a white filter over it and then just remove where it doesn't need to be and then adjust the opacity and that's that like, oh i didn't I, even notice that honestly <laughs> Like I am, I did that for the first piece, and now I can just color pick from from the first piece because the colors are what they need to be. Yeah, yeah. But when I look back at my older pixel art, where I would very frantically try to constrict the palette to ten colors or twelve colors, mm -hmm. it's just it frees up so much headspace to just I pixelate, I pick a color, I'll try to reduce the palette if I can. I'm not going to use auto blending tools because that still feels a bit iffy for me. Yeah, yeah. But I'm also not gonna like, frantically try to keep the palette down if it just doesn't look good. Exactly. Like, uh, for, yeah, for me, like I generally just don't even worry about um, like the amount of colors and stuff I use, because uh, as long as I like nail like the the mood I'm going for, I'll generally just stick within a certain palette. And like, if I do choose different colors, I'll just like pick one color and then slightly shift it up in like saturation or, or lower in saturation or something like that. So like the, the only time that I'm now trying to 
minimize the palette is when I um, transform the pixels to cross stitch patterns. Ah, yeah, yeah. If it's if it's a pattern uh, for a fairly small cross stitch piece, you don't want to give people more um, color count than there are stitches. Yeah. Sort of. Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, it's like How I get long that there's usually take. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I asked, uh, how long do those usually take? I feel like they take way longer than actually making pixel art. Oh, the cross stitches? Yeah. Um, like the tiny foods, like the tiny hoops, um, those take about an hour or two at uh -huh. most. But then, for instance, the, the little froggy I stitched up recently, um, <laughs> that that's where my hubris got me. I figured, well, the pixel took like two hours to make. I'll get it stitched in four. It's fine. Uh -huh. <laughs> It took an entire week. Oh no! <laughs> and that's because like I had to stop at times because your hand starts to cramp from holding the needle. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. And then um, tendonitis is not fun. Oh <laughs> Zero yeah. Zero start. I recommend if you can I, avoid it. I'm actually thinking like I'm like starting to develop it in my wrist. Uh, yeah. Because like I use my I'm using mouse for like all my Pixar. And I'm thinking yeah. about getting uh, like one of those vertical mice or something, because I hear those yeah. help. But like, I feel like it would just be weird whenever I'm trying to play a game or something. I'm like using that mouse. I don't know. <laughs> like I, I have sort of an ergonomic mouse, not uh -huh. one of those vertical, but it's ergonomic. Um, but I pixel using a pen tablet. Okay. And nice. this is where my bad habits sort of kick my ass. Um, <laughs> I know when I've worked for an hour, I should pause, I should drink something, I should eat something, and I should stretch out a bit. Yeah, yeah. I know this. But However, I, want when to. I, <laughs> I get so focused on a piece that I work for six hours straight, I forget oh, to drink, I forget, no. I forget to stretch, mm -hmm. and I only stop because I notice my hand is hurting. Yeah. <laughs> That is, by the way, something you should not do. Definitely do not copy that. Like, yeah. Work for an hour, take a break, drink something, eat something, be healthy. Do as I say, not so as So, like, I do. one thing I do is uh, I literally, so, um, I don't, well, you can't see it since I don't have a webcam up, but uh, I actually have this uh, one gallon uh, tank of water. It's not really a tank, it's like a jug sorter. But uh, I pretty much fill it up to the top every day and I try my best to like drink it and I keep it here at my desk like beside me whenever I'm like on my computer so that I'm like kind of forced to like drink it. So it's that's like right there. I, yeah, that's what I recently like I went to um, the sports supply store uh -huh. uh, yesterday. Um, I biked with a mask on in 36 degrees weather. Oh, uh, wow. Celsius. Oh, shit. <laughs> Also, don't recommend. How much is? Um, I feel like that's like like at least a hundred something like in Fahrenheit. Yeah, not sure um, how much in Fahrenheit that is, but it's 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 tropical. It's, yeah. it's not what are we used to here. Is <laughs> kicking our ass. Um, uh -huh. I picked up um, a water bottle with like a liter and a half because I know myself. I had one for a liter, and then when that was empty, I forget to refill it. Ah. Uh. <laughs> So then I'm still in the same problem of like, when I need more coffee, that's not a problem. I'll go downstairs, I'll get coffee. <laughs> Water bottle, tough shit. <laughs> yeah. For me, like, that's why I literally got the biggest bottle I could possibly find that wouldn't be too bad to carry around. 
so that way like i'm i don't have to worry about refilling it too often um if anything just like once or twice a day uh yeah. but yeah that's why I, I went with the big bottle like healthy habits yeah trying not to die <laughs> exactly and and like one good thing i'm good about is i pretty much only drink water so um like i, I don't I don't drink, like, the only other thing that I really drink is, like, tea occasionally. Um, I'll, like, make myself a little cup of tea. Uh, I wish I could say the same, but I, like, to force myself to drink more water, I had to apply the rule to myself that for every cup of coffee I had, I had to have at least two glasses of water. Yeah, that's and fair. It got to a, <laughs> and it got to a point where I then just didn't drink coffee. Oh, wow. <laughs> Not that I hate drinking water, it's just coffee goes down much easier, which is also not a healthy habit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, coffee's not the worst for you, though. I mean, it's better than drinking, like, an energy drink or something, like, as often as you drink coffee, so. Well. <laughs> I mean, slight, it's slightly better. <laughs> um, yeah. Let, let's just say I'm powered by caffeine, and that's <laughs> how I push out three works in a day <laughs> oh wow yeah i'm actually like really bad with caffeine i'm pretty sure i'm like caffeine deprived like 90 percent of the time but that's because i pretty much only drink water and i don't really eat like too much sugary kind of food so like um like the only thing yeah. sugary i really eat is like maybe something with syrup like in the morning but that's about it yeah the reason why i pixel and draw and illustrate so much about coffee is um it it's just it's what I know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like at one point, I did this this small series of of um, small watercolor cards, and it was cats, coffee, and puns. And oh yeah. That just me up as a person. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. I actually really like those. Those were cool. Ah, oh, thank you. I'm I'm thinking of um, transferring them to Pixel. So I can mm. also turn them into cross-stitches because uh, I'm trying to sort of mesh my creative hobbies a little bit more. Oh, that's nice. Because um, at the moment, it's sort of... I'm, I'm still running my crafts account on Instagram, but then I also have my art account. And then at a certain point, it becomes a bit unclear for people what it is exactly that I do because I do watercolors, I do pencil Just say so you do everything. <laughs> yeah, but see, if you try to advertise yourself as I do everything... Uh -huh. It's it's not the best way to advertise yourself. Yeah. People hear so okay, so you're not really good at anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I agree. It's like, it's like the the artists that um like the, the beginner artists that advertise on DeviantArt. Like I do commissions for everything. Uh -huh. which is cool, but like maybe you should focus on one thing and yeah. You'd be surprised, like, how how many more commissions you'd get if you focus on, like, a certain kind of subject. Like, yeah. Like, I've I've been blown away by the response to the cross-stitch patterns, to be honest, because oh, yeah. I was told with my pixel pieces, like, oh, that would be so cool to cross-stitch. And I think after the 10th or 11th time I got that comment, I figured, well, I might as well buy PC stitch and start transferring my pixels yeah. to It's like, hey, if people keep asking, might as well try. Exactly. <laughs> And, like, it got such a positive response on Reddit of all places, which was mind-boggling. Honestly, surprising enough, like, Reddit is one of the main places I actually do get requests of people, like, um, either wanting to use the pattern or just, like, uh, saying, like, hey, can I cross-stitch this? 
and stuff like that and like i've never actually i always like say yeah sure go ahead because i don't really care honestly if they if they use it it's super cool because yeah from when talking to my friends reddit has kind of a reputation of being it's very political and it's full of trolls and yeah it's it's not a nice website where i'm sitting there like i'm in my crafting communities i'm in the art communities uh i I do the occasional train wreck viewing in the relationship communities oh yeah (laughs) have it but come on everyone needs a hobby exactly um but like when you stick to the art and the, the crafting communities it's actually a very nice website yeah i it's yeah like, uh, that's the thing with reddit is you have to find the community that um that you're interested in and also find one that is good because like some of them that you can be interested in could be full of trolls and then there's some that you know are a little bit nicer and stuff so it's all about finding. yeah like for instance, a friend of mine, she finished um, a drawing of Klaus from the Umbrella Academy. And oh, she posted nice. it on the art subreddit, like just um, r forward slash art. Uh-huh. And everyone who's been on Reddit before knows that that subreddit is kind of, it's a tricky one. Like yeah. You can post your socials. If your title isn't formatted, like exactly how they want it, they'll delete your post. If someone asks, hey, can I commission you? And you reply, yes, they'll delete your post. Yeah. Uh, one asks, hey, where can I find you on social media? And you reply, they'll delete your post. So it's sort of, that subreddit kind of personifies the type of subreddit that I don't personally gel with. Yeah. Uh-huh. You can get exposure on there, but it, it requires jumping through so many hoops that it's just whatever. It's not worth it. For sure. But yeah. then she posted her drawing on the Umbrella Academy um, subreddit, and she posted on a couple more of the niche ones, and that's when it really got picked up oh nice so reddit is a good tool but you just need to know where to post yeah and kind of you're clear of the humongous subs because oh, they're no. posts anyway as well yeah um i know for me personally um i've generally only used reddit for uh the the pixar uh subreddit yeah. um and i i've been finding myself uh drifting apart from that one uh more and more every day because uh i don't know i i just get this feeling that like some of the mods there like just don't like me for whatever reason <laughs> but Aww. i don't I, like I so like- so there's this one instance where uh i had posted uh like a a meme uh and it was like the one where you know there's this meme where there's like the people sitting in the office in this building and then someone and then that one dude in the middle says something that they don't like and they throw him out the window uh, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, I did like yeah. a Pixar version of that and posted on there and it, it actually kind of blew up. And then um, this was like probably 2018, I think. And then like this year, someone actually reposted that and literally didn't credit me at all. And in the rules, it clearly says if if it's like not or if you didn't create the, the original art or whatever, uh, then it's not it's not yours and you you'll get get it taken off. And this meme, I actually like hand pixeled it myself, so like it is like original work of art or whatever, technically. Um, but they they decided to just leave it there, and it actually ended up getting more upvotes than my original one did. I was kind of pissed off. Yeah, and yeah. then and then I literally posted another meme uh, where it was like um, the one of the. Have you seen the show The Office? Yeah. And you know that meme where it's like uh, Mike, whenever he was, uh, or what's his, is his name Mike? Yeah, Michael, uh, where where he uh, he he was with, uh, who was it? Uh, the the CEO or whatever of Dunkin' Mifflin, and he was like a, he was like a newbie. Yeah. 
and he had like yeah. a mullet still in whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know what you mean. Hands. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I had what the meme. It was like the CEO or whatever was like uh, the pixel artist who like noticed my work or whatever, and it, and then yeah. the the Michael one was like uh, me, an artist who doesn't think my art is like real pixel art or something like that. And I posted it on it on that Reddit, and, and it literally got taken down. <laughs> and the reasoning was like. Um, Shit, wait, let me see if I can't find it actually. <laughs> because the meaning was so dumb. It was like um could cause like uh outbreak or like uh discourse uh, or something in the community or something like that. And I'm like, really? Could, could produce inflammatory comments. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And uh, I like probably am not gonna use the Pixar Reddit anymore, honestly. Uh, see, I kinda I kind of like it, but also my work is still... I know my work is safe. For uh-huh. the most part. I, I keep my shitposting opinions to Twitter. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Twitter is pretty much uh-huh. safe for all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. Like, my, my art itself is kind of safe. I think the the scariest pieces I've posted are usually the ones that I've I've sketched out in pencil and that are mental health related. Oh, uh, um, yeah. Sort of get mental health awareness going. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the scariest because you never know how that's going to be received. But like a cute frog or a cute gecko, like who who can hate that? Yeah. Which you'd be I surprised. You'd be surprised. I say that now, but then I remember I had a piece where I did like meet the artist and it was very cutesy. Uh-huh. And I made the mistake of pixeling in a syringe on the dislike site. Oh, I think I saw about that. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I don't like needles being stuck into my arm. Uh-huh. And there were a couple of people who decided based on that that I'm anti-vax. Yeah. <laughs> Which, looking back on it now, that was my fuck up. I should have realized putting <laughs> a needle on there and posting it on an American website. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, that was going to be one of the types of comments that I was going to get. Exactly. And another one, like, I'm not racist, but fuck Belgians. Which was yeah. sort of... <laughs> I just posted a cute pixel. Why, why, why are you saying fuck your entire country? So I actually found it. Uh, it, it, it was like, uh, it, so the message it says is, sorry, this post has been removed by the moderators of subreddit Pixar. And it said, moderator, moderators remove posts from feeds for a variety of reasons, including keeping communities safe, civil, and true to their purpose. <laughs> well, look at you being all inflammatory in pixel art. Exactly. <laughs> I'm a rebel. No, it's okay. Honestly, like, uh, if if there's one thing <laughs> with Reddit, like, memes are okay. The one thing that really gets me is there are so many sexualized women on the subreddit. Oh so yeah. Like, you you can immediately tell if someone posts a half naked pixel lady in pixel art. Like, of course that's gonna shoot up on the exactly, front page. Exactly. Yeah. It's, bit tiring because hey she's wearing a chainmail bikini cool yeah. she's got boobs hey where, where where's the artistry and also oh. like there's but there's people that argue that since it's like an actual female creating the artwork then it's like kind of like less bad i guess but i don't know but, yeah I, I, just, <laughs> I know this is a little bit of a pet peeve of mine but it's i see so many amazing works on there there was one um i think by avocato or avocato it's Again, butchering the pronunciation. Yeah. And she had this very sweet scene of two people sitting underneath a tree. The, the landscape was Breath of the Wild inspired, and there were Pokemon in there, like Zelda and Pokemon. <gasps> Love uh-huh. it. 
and it got only like a hundred upvotes or something like that. Oh, and, wow. like, naked pixel lady gets five k. Yeah, I'd be annoyed by it, but you see the entire scene and that she put so much work into it, mm-hmm. and then dude, dude, pixel, pixel boobs and. That good stuff, folks. Sort of. I mean, it it, it is frustrating, but then again, it's like that's what everybody likes to see. So you know, it's no surprise that that kind of stuff. I have to mute myself because there's someone at the door. I'm so sorry. Oh, you're good. No problem. But yeah, let's see. I guess we should play some music then. Fill in the space. Quicker than I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> yeah, plus the services are sort of determined to kick my ass today for some reason. Oh, was that the the mailman? Yeah. Oh, okay. Were they just dropping yeah. off something, or? Yeah, they were dropping off something, but it's like at least this time it was a package that was actually addressed to me and not something I mailed out. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's good. So, at least they did yeah. their job right this time. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's one constant that everyone can relate to. Postal services are shit no matter where you are. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like a complicated system, too. Yeah. Like, like I feel like if I would work there, like, I'd have no fucking clue of what I'm doing. So I'd be fucking up all the time, honestly. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> but anyway, I'm back. Nice. Uh, I forgot what we were even talking about. Oh, um, the pixel art separated, I think. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I think we were talking about, like, how you are saying, uh, uh, like, how girls do get, like, you know, naked girls would ever get more upvotes and all that kind of stuff. It, yeah, it's um, sometimes weird to see what gets picked up, though. Like, I noticed yeah. it on Twitter as well. Some artists flabbergasted where a sketch that they maybe put two minutes into, that gets picked up. Like, yeah. Two weeks. That that's like another thing too. Like it literally, if you like, just look on Instagram and you go on like the the search tab, or like if you usually follow a lot of art and stuff, and you go on the explore tab, or whatever, you always see like uh you know pretty girls, uh like people draw pretty girls and all that kind of stuff. And um, there's there's a lot of beautiful art being made that way. By the way, I don't want to be. Well, no, no, it's not bad. It's not a bad thing, but I just, there's just like so yeah. much of it, like. It, it, it's kind of like because for me i'm like the kind of person that likes to see unique kind of stuff um yeah like stuff after, like, after a while it sort of becomes white noise exactly yeah it's just a bunch of like yeah just a bunch of yeah. space and stuff so which is by the way there are a couple of artists that i follow on instagram they do more like horror-esque art oh and that is so amazing to see because like I follow Lois, I follow Siren, um, follow a couple of others, but there's for instance, um I'm gonna have to 
Let's see if I can find the name again. Uh... I know there's this one that I follow. Uh, her name. I think it's like Natalie or something. Let me mm -hmm. see. Uh, Natalie oh, Hall. Uh, she does like this really uh, sort of dark kind of flowy style. Like she does like mainly like uh, ink stuff, I think. But um, her like creations are kind of like horror esque, I guess. But they're they're not too like scary to the point where like you know people are actually frightened by it and stuff. It just looks cool. So yeah, um, but like for instance, I follow a lot of tattoo artists on Instagram as well. Yeah, which, like more of the the black work tattoo artists. Uh huh. Because yeah, she get like, yeah. Yeah, she she's actually a tattoo artist too. That's that's actually why I kind of mentioned her because she does tattoo art as well. So that's um. super cool to watch. Like I know I do very cutesy art, but uh -huh. a lot of the media I consume is actually I I follow a lot of artists on Instagram who do more like black work and creepy and, and yeah more art. And mm -hmm. then usually when I'm pixeling, I I only have one monitor, but I usually have it set up split screen. Yeah. yeah. Like, on one side netflix on the other and uh -huh. i'm usually watching a true crime show the more oh, nice. the better. <laughs> and meanwhile i'm pixeling something like super cute yeah it's like completely <laughs> opposite yeah <laughs> like i think when i was working on the first froggy terrarium piece i was watching i'll be gone in the dark about the golden state killer <laughs> oh wow yeah uh Which, what what exactly what you would imagine going into the froggy piece but <laughs> yeah exactly uh one thing for me that is like a reason why i'm attracted to more of these like horror type arts is because this type of stuff you'd like pretty much never see people do before so like their their work is like definitely way more unique than any uh like kind of mainstream i guess kind of artists would would ever be uh, that's kind of why i like their stuff a little bit more uh, yeah, especially also if they're working with inks, you get like these very thick lines and yeah. contrast, all those little details. Mm -hmm. I, I I absolutely love that. It it doesn't help that I follow a lot of tattoo artists because now I'm I have one. Well, technically it's one tattoo, but it's like three tiny ones that were put there in one session. Uh -huh. And the more artists I follow, the more it starts it starts to itch. Like I I want to get another tattoo. Like, I like her style, and oh, that one's nice, too, and ah, oh, that drawing. And oh, then... yeah, I know, I know that, because I actually have some my, myself, so, like, actually, one thing that I figured, or found out, is uh, Natalie Hall, the one that I was talking about, she actually did, uh, do, do you know The Last of Us? Yeah. So, so Ellie has a tattoo in that game in the second mm -hmm. one. Um, and Natalie actually made, like, she did the design for the, for the tattoo itself. That got put oh. into the game, and like I actually, and I actually got the tattoo myself on my left arm, and um, oh. it actually it turned out really nice. But I actually had no idea she was the one who did the original uh, design for it. And there was actually like this tweet that she had made about how like Naughty Dog didn't really credit her and stuff like that, and it was kind of oh. shitty. Uh, but like I had no clue that she was the actual one who like made the design. So I was like. Wow, I actually follow you already, and I had no clue you'd make the design for her, but that's awesome. <laughs> it's it, Yeah, it is awesome that they actually went to a tattoo artist, so yeah. it would look like it's an actual tattoo. It's yeah. Kind of and I've been seeing a lot of that on my feed past yeah. few, where like, artists are coming out about their experience working at certain game studios. Yeah, and their pay and all that stuff, yeah. <laughs> 
paid or they're not credited or they're credited with the wrong name and like circling back to so why don't you get into game dev yeah <laughs> like i know it's sort of i'm seeing these stories and i know it's a huge industry and like these are a few horror stories and like, uh -huh. a few monkeys, like, but it i see the horror stories and i think uh, i'm good yeah <laughs> yeah i can i can see that too um i know for me like uh i don't think i'd ever get to the point where i'd have my art like stolen by a big company or anything like that but like then again if that did ever happen i'd probably be really pissed too so um. like, i've i've never had it appropriated by a huge game studio but i remember like with the little pixels i made on deviantart Mm -hmm. I used to put in the description like it's a free to use avatar. I, I figured free to use avatar was clear enough. Yeah, it wasn't. Oh wow! <laughs> like I had people who took the art who only saw free to use, and then I had uh... someone who got their commissions by editing my pixels, which was sort of wild. Mm -hmm. um, and I also found a lot of my pixels. Like I think out of the hundreds of avatars I made, they had appropriated. 20 or 30 of them and they offered them as cross stitch patterns mm. which you have to pay for mm -hmm. and that's where the point that i sat there like oh this is not cool like you're not even crediting me and now you're monetizing my work which wow. was offered for free but not to be used like this and i always feel a little bit of a bitch because i i put it in my cross stitch patterns and i put it near the patterns i release and the pixels i release for free but I started including copyright notices. Like, if you use this pixel for anything else than how I provide it and how I say that you can use it, I will be a bitch about it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's your right. You know, you made it, so you can you can determine how other people use it and stuff. So. I mean, to be honest, I admire the people who can sort of look at it happening, breathe in, and just let it go. Yeah. I wish I could do the same. Like, I wish I had that peace of mind to just, okay, this is okay. This is fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I'm not built like that, unfortunately. Which yeah. is why I'll come across as a bitch from time to time because I will protect the copyright on my pieces because I've been there. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, I, I'm actually, I think I'm more of a person that would probably let it go before, like, mm -hmm uh you know trying to like chase down the person or whatever just because like uh especially if i'm like pretty busy with stuff i'm not gonna waste my energy worrying about someone like maybe making like maybe a hundred dollars max off of something that i made like it's not that much of a big deal for me but if they're like if it's like a huge company or something like that then i would definitely go to court for that shit you know because <laughs> the, the they have money so the issue I've, I've, I have with it is um, I've worked at various places. One of those places I worked as an administrative assistant to a, cop a copyright lawyer. Oh, wow. Um, that must be pretty job, convenient. <laughs> job sound, sounded a lot cooler than it actually was. It, it consisted of me mostly um, scanning and filing paperwork, which, mm. <laughs> oh man, um, at one point they closed an office and in that office they discovered that instead of keeping all the files um filed away digitally mm -hmm. they print out every single file and they deleted it from the server because they thought it was paper that way anyway oh, wow. that's weird <laughs> there, the one piece of advice that stuck with me and this is of course like, in terms of for a big corporation 
is um, if you don't defend your copyright the minute someone infringes on it you've basically any other point you're trying to make after that is moot because you've not defended your copyright at the first infringement so you must not defend your copyright ever more or less oh okay i get that yeah which i i know i sound sometimes like i make a very big deal over very small infringements but mm -hmm. that's that's something that stuck with me from working in that office is if you don't defend it the first time then you're not gonna it's not gonna be ruled in your favor if you ever need to defend it against a bigger claim that that makes that sense makes yeah well i guess i should probably start doing that then <laughs> Like it, it, it's not to scare anyone, of course, but it's sort of, um, yeah, it's like they said, for instance, there are certain copyrighted names that have now become like regular names for things. Like, for instance, um, I'm trying to think of an example in English, but I can't find one. Um, but for instance, here for a type of photo camera, we use Kodak, uh -huh. which used to be, or still is, a brand. But because it's used as in place of it's it's a camera, it's a Kodak, you can't really defend the copyright anymore or trademark in that case. Yeah. Yay, legal advice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I guess that um makes me want to actually be a little bit more proactive about that then because, like, I definitely understand that if... If like you're gonna let somebody get over you once, like you know what what makes it like what makes it like different if like it, like someone who's bigger, like a company or something, like tries and so like, yourself. Of course, you don't, you don't want to become Disney, who aggressively squashes anyone who oh yeah as much keeps in the wrong direction of their their entire material. Uh -huh. But like I think the the approach you have is good, where you sort of weigh. Is it really worth the energy I need to put into this, or should I just let this one go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, oh, let's uh, talk a little bit about your uh, creative process. I know you touched a little bit on uh, how you do like the blobs kind of stuff now, but um, like, yeah, would you want to explain that a little bit more? So, um, I've only recently learned how to do this which uh -huh. after 10 years of pixeling feels like i've unlocked an entirely new skill tree that's nice <laughs> uh, but for the most part when i start for instance those terrarium pieces or the cottage core pieces um my process for every piece is different yeah <laughs> with the the tiny food pixels i open an 18 by 18 canvas i have my uh, reference images in split mm -hmm. screen and then i pixel the outline zoom out and then I start coloring it in and like really paying attention to how each pixel influences how the piece reads. Yeah. When it comes to the cottage core pieces, I sketch it out in paintable side. Mm -hmm. um, I put a quick wash of color on there just so I have an idea of this piece is this and that is flowers or whatever. Yeah. And then I put it in graphic scale and I start outlining and refining. But for instance, with the terrarium pieces, I've sort of shown a little bit of the behind the scenes on those. Um, I pixeled the outline so that I at least had the construction of this is what the terrarium is going to look like. Uh -huh. um, I then open like five of my most recent pieces. <laughs> I do not have a cohesive color palette just mm -hmm. yet. 
and I start color picking and then I sketch in like, oh, I'll scribble a little bit of green lines here and that's going to be a plant and I'll scribble a big blob over there and that's going to be a frog eventually or that's going to be a rock or whatever. And then I zoom out, look at the composition, and then I start outlining and shading and, and making sure everything looks all right. Yeah, right. So I don't really have one approach. I'm a bit of a chaotic person. In I mean, sense. I think that makes sense, though, because, you know, you do, like, sort of uh, different styles of stuff um, generally. So, like, it definitely makes sense that you don't really have one set way of doing something. Um, like the, the main thing is I still use very old programs. Like, I still work yeah. in graphics games. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, for the life of me, can't get used to a sprite. I know it's a good program. <laughs> love the program. Yeah. I tried it for two hours and I wanted to rip my hair out because it's so backwards. I almost like, have two- like a thousand hours in it. <laughs> I, I just can't with the interface. Like, I'm so used to graphic scale and I also still work in Photoshop CS3. So, like, did you start in graphic scale and then try and go it over, over to a sprite? Yeah, so I oh, have, that's the problem. That's the problem. <laughs> I have like call it eight or nine years of experience in yeah. graphics. Okay. And then at one point I, I think it was on Twitter that I saw they were running a sale on A Sprite, so I figured, um, hey, everyone is using this program, so I'm a sheep. I'll try uh, it. Oh <laughs> yeah. And I bought it, I downloaded it, I opened it up, I tried it for two hours, and no. Yeah, I mean, that that's one common thing I hear about people who try A-Sprite, is that they generally have been working in, like, Photoshop or Graphics Gale or even Microsoft Paint for, like, years, and then they try and move over to that, it usually doesn't work. Um, yeah. And, like, someone like me, um, I just recently got into Pixel Art, so I started with uh, a Sprite, and that's pretty much the only reason why I feel like I actually use it is because that's the only thing that I'm really that I'm comfortable with. So yeah, um, well, like I had the same learning curve when uh, for my first job I, I gained access to the entire Adobe suite, which oh, nice. is like a candy store, and yeah. unfortunately I had to the access up when I moved jobs. Aww. Um, but for the first job that I had, I sometimes had to do vector illustrations. Mm-hmm. I'd never done vector illustrations before, but I figured, well, I'm stubborn. I've got time. Let's do this. Yeah. And I thought, well, it's Adobe, so I'm pretty sure the shortcuts are the same in every single program. Program, she said naively. <laughs> <laughs> And so I opened up Illustrator and I started working with the same workflow that I usually have in Photoshop. And I think it was the first undo that I tried to, like, with a quick keyboard shortcut that I Uh noticed, oh, this is not the same at all. Oh, no. (laughs) Because I learned afterwards what the keyboard shortcut did but at the moment i was freaking out because like everything has been turned into very tiny lines and my color is gone oh no <laughs> what the fuck yeah that's like one thing uh with adobe i don't really like is that um like their their shortcuts are just kind of weird like especially like coming from someone who uses something like a sprite where it's it tries and bases the the shortcuts off of uh, Photoshop or something like that. So if I ever like tried and go into Illustrator, like I'd probably be so lost. Um, I have yeah. used Illustrator in the past because like whenever I was in college, uh, 
we had some like digital art classes and stuff um where we where we used the the whole adobe suite or whatever um so we used yeah. like illustrator we used photoshop we used uh, after effect we pretty much used like most of uh, the yeah. main programs um like, i'm i'm just a stubborn little shit so yeah <laughs> when i when i um the last job that i had when i was looking to well when i was looking for another job because the well the the company wasn't that great to be honest um, um i figured well i already sort of know how to use illustrator i know how to use lightroom i know how to use photoshop um yeah. let's tackle indesign because oh, i'm gonna wow. have I'm gonna have to be redoing my my um, entire resume, so why mm. not bash my head against the wall and get <laughs> an InDesign because I don't hate my life enough as is. <laughs> and once once you get used to InDesign, the you sort of you can make stuff in it fairly quickly. But I remember mm. making my resume in there; like it took me a solid eight hours just oh, wow. figuring out. Figure it like figuring it out, figuring out the shortcuts. Mm -hmm. um, program crashed. That was cool too. Nice. <laughs> but I'm very, like, I'm stubborn. And usually, like for instance, with Acebrite, I can more or less stubborn my way through it until I, it clicks and I figure it out. But with mm. Acebrite, I, I have not been able to. Because yeah. I have a privilege program in, in graphic scale, so I don't need to stubborn it out in Acebrite. Because graphics scale works. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I've never yeah. actually used graphics scale myself, but I feel like that could be a cool little um, challenge, I guess, or maybe even a like a YouTube video idea of trying out, you know, different, um, like you know, trying to do Pixar and graphics scale, and then trying to do it in Microsoft Paint or something like that. Like you'll you'll cool. notice the the interface is very old. Yeah. It, it's it's really Web two thousands, but yeah. Anyway. Like I work with Paint Tools, I work with Photoshop CS3, I work with Graphics Gear. Like I, I don't use the newest tools as long as the tools that I have serve me. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I feel like for me, uh, as long as Graphics Gear has like a dark mode, I'll be fine because like literally, I only use like probably three tools like in general whenever I do Pixar, um, and. And like the only thing that that I really don't like about certain UIs is if it doesn't have a dark mode because like my eyes just can't handle like the white blaring screen, you know. So uh, uh, I don't think Graphics Gale has a dark mode. Oh no! Like, <laughs> it, it's gray though, so it's like uh, very. That's better, I guess. It's not white white. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, I... yeah. Like I said, I'm too used to it. To, like it's my baby. I've I've grown with it. Can Can you put like skins on it? Like can you like edit like certain files and like put a different file in like so that it changes the theme of it basically? I have no idea. Because I, I, th I think you can. I, I swear I've seen a a picture of Graphics Guild where it was like black. I think. I've been using Graphics Guild for 10 years, and it's only since last week, I think, that mm -hmm. I realized you can actually animate in it. <laughs> oh, wow, okay. I've been using Photoshop CS3 to animate, and someone was pretty horrified when I said that. Like, I apparently Graphics Guild has an animator, but when oh, I downloaded the program, it still had like a paid version and a free version. Oh, okay. And version which didn't support an animation yeah and apparently the time since it's become fully freeware 
Oh, okay. Because I've been using it for 10 years, and like in those 10 years, I've never had to re-download it. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. That that sort of spurred the um, the meme that I posted, like, what confession do you have that could revoke your pixel art? Oh, story? yeah. <laughs> they, they were legitimately horrified when I said I animate and Photoshop CS3. Like, oh, honey, no, 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 no. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's like, that's one thing I think, oh wait, go ahead. No, 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 I was just finishing up on the thought. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, but um, anyway, I was just gonna say, like, that's why um, I think a sprite has the upper hand on, like, most Pixar uh, uh, editors or whatever, is that, like, the animation in it is pretty, pretty good. Uh, yeah, so. I think Brandon James Greer did an entire video comparing the different Pixar yeah. programs. Yeah. I need to and get him on the podcast. <laughs> should. Yeah, I'll probably hit him up sometime. He's super awesome and approachable, so like, yeah. definitely should. Nice. But like, he, he was so positive about Ace Sprite, mm -hmm. and I'm just sitting here like, but, but I don't like it. <laughs> I know I'm wrong, but I, I don't like it. <laughs> Is it just like the, the placement of certain things for you, or? Yeah, like it, yeah. it's put it semi-politely, it's, it's completely ass backwards from how everything is placed in, in graphic scale. Like, I know what the symbols in graphic scale are, I know what the shortcuts are, I know where I need to be to pick my palette, to... Like, I, I know my way around that program. It's kind of like, you know your way around your own city? Yeah. And if someone drops you halfway across the ocean in, I don't know, Sydney, and then tells uh -huh. you, find the nearest coffee place, find <laughs> where to get food, and get some food. Yeah, exactly. Like, I know how to do that in my own city. Mm -hmm. I've never been to Sydney. I yeah. hate fucking everything. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, I think so. I think one thing actually is that Aspire is uh, pretty customizable. Um, so you, there might even be a way to where you can uh, move the icons and stuff. Uh, I know there. They actually have buttons for like moving the the um the bar where like the the layers are and stuff like you could put it either at the bottom or the left or the right of the ui or whatever so i mean oh, there, there's ways you can customize it to make it look a bit a little bit more familiar to you i have uh, to check that out yeah I, I mean i might still try it out for two hours and then decide yeah. once again <laughs> but... yeah okay. it's just an idea yeah yeah um but uh, let's see. Oh, uh, do you have any uh, hobbies other than art? Uh, I know you do cross stitching and stuff like that. But do you have anything yeah. else? Um, when my health cooperates, I actually do CrossFit. <laughs> oh, nice! What what kind of stuff do you do? Um, so there's a CrossFit gym in Mexico where I live, mm -hmm. and it's sort of. I'm not the most sportsy person. Let me just preface by saying that. Yeah. I group um, pressure, peer pressure to actually get me to be active. Like when I'm at home, I'll walk around, I'll, I'll bike, I'll like, I'm, I'm not a total couch potato. Uh -huh. But to actually sport with intent, I need peer pressure. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of the same way. Um, I generally do exercise like almost every day and stuff, but um. That's just because I pretty much have to. Because if I don't, I'm I'm just gonna be so lazy. I won't necessarily get fat because my metabolism is just like super insane right now. So like, 
I won't really gain any weight, but I just I'll just be lazy and unproductive. So um. yeah, for for me it's mostly I'm I'm hypermobile, which means my um, joints are not held together as they should be. Oh wow! Which, it basically makes me a human pretzel, which sounds fun, but <laughs> that's not like uh, it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> like when I was younger, I could fold my leg behind my head. Um, mm. As I've gotten older, I've lost that ability, but I can still like, bend in ways that should not be humanly possible. So you're just really flexible, pretty much? Yeah, but oh. like, I, I should sport more because the, um, the way I was told is if I don't exercise, uh -huh. um, I won't have muscles stabilizing my joints, which ah. is a very bad time for me to come. That makes sense, um, yeah. So yeah, so I picked up CrossFit because my brother um, went to the gym first and told me like, even you would probably enjoy this. And uh -huh. he was right. It's, it's right. a gym. Unfortunately, like to, in, in order to exercise, you need to be able to keep food down. Oh yeah. <laughs> and that has been an issue the past month. So I haven't really exercised the past month because mm -hmm. eat, no food, exercise, like I don't want to pass out in the middle of the gym. Yeah, yeah. But so you you say you have like stomach problems or something like that? Yeah. So at the moment, I'm sort of checking to see if I can still if I still have warranty on whatever the fuck is going on with my body because I'm sort of tired of it. Uh. <laughs> uh, no, but like for some reason, I've been having health issues nonstop for the past few months. Oh wow. Which um, yeah, I I try not to talk. Well, no, I, it's not like I don't try to talk too much about it on Twitter because I post about it constantly. So yeah, <laughs> but I, I try to keep optimistic because I know it's some of it could be chronic. Some of it probably isn't. And mm. when I go to the doctors, they'll figure it out. Do you think it's, but, do you think it's like, yeah. like a biological thing or is it something that, that you've done just by like, you know, your diet or, or certain stuff like that? I think most of it is probably genetic. Oh, okay. I, I, like, I know the family history, mm -hmm. and it scares the shit out of me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's also why I post about it on Twitter a little bit as well. I, I follow a couple of um, chronic illness advocates as well. Mm -hmm. And I figure, same with like the reasoning behind the mental health awareness posts that I make, is... I try to be as realistic and real about what's going on as possible. Yeah. Because I figure if you talk about it, it takes the stigma away a bit. Yeah. Um, I know that's that's one thing I'm like kind of lucky uh, with like my genetics because like um, my most of my like immediate family doesn't have any uh, like health defects, like, you know, like high blood pressure or anything like that. So I'm kind of lucky there. Uh, the only thing is, like, I have, like, allergies mm -hmm. um, to, like, certain foods, I think, um, and to, like, you know, like, seasonal allergies, which, like, a lot of people have, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, That's it's just kind of annoying, honestly. It's not, like, life-threatening, so it's just more annoying, uh, if anything, so. That's, that's kind of what I like about being able to post and make art and create at my own pace right now, not, uh -huh. not that not having the crunch of 40 hour weeks and then trying to get other stuff done. Yeah. If I can sort of schedule it around whenever I have a good day and a bad day, which mm. sounds horrible.
horribly depressing, but <laughs> it's more like, for instance, when I take commissions, I try to give turnaround times that aren't too long, but also realistic because I know I can have days like yesterday when I can knock out four or five pieces in one go. Mm-hmm. And then there are other days where I even look at something with milk wrong and I'll be sick. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and sort of, I, I kind of like the fact that I'm able to create and craft and, and just make stuff right now because it helps me build a portfolio to maybe potentially work freelance and, yeah, well, freelance time actually and and sort of not worry about a 40-hour week and schedule schedule more around what i can do on each day if that makes sense yeah i mean honestly for me um i think your stuff is very uh like reminiscent of someone who does freelance stuff because you know you got these uh ideas of doing like uh stuff like for merch and all the cross stitch patterns and stuff like that and um I think that whole cutesy style of Pixar is very marketable with like, you know, keychains and uh, all that kind of good stuff to uh, do freelance work. So it also helps. I've been working as a marketer for the past two years. Oh, nice. Yeah, that helps. (laughs) Yeah, but it's fun. That's that's also sort of why we talked a little bit about it before the podcast, but that's Uh why I've been like blown away by the response on some pieces. Yeah. Like I'm just, the response is just amazing and then mm-hmm. i'm sitting there like what the fuck you just then, gotta be consistent honestly yeah. um, but then i also look at the data because that's sort of i've i've followed a pretty weird path to get where i am right now like i studied translation and, and interpreting and mm-hmm. then i started working as an administrative assistant for um, a trademark lawyer and then i started working as a digital marketer and now i'm focusing fully on pixel art and crafting so it's sort of I took a lot of weird steps to get where I am right now. Yeah. <laughs> but That's interesting. the marketing background helps. Yeah, for sure. Um, like, so actually, I remember uh, following you, like, whenever um, uh, whenever you were doing Pixel Dailies and stuff, uh, like, like, a few years ago. And then, like, I remember you said something about taking a break, and you were, like, gone for, like, a whole year. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Like, I thought something bad had happened or something like that. No, no, no. That's, like, when I got my first actual serious job. I was oh. working for, um, that's actually a really cool one. I was working as a digital marketer for a Google partner. Oh, nice. I worked there for nearly a year and a half. Uh-huh. Uh, I had to go to a couple of Google events, which was really cool. I know Google gets gets a bad rep in terms of um, the data they yeah. collect. The events are cool and the food was great. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah like i i got to organize events for the partner um i did the social media i did the community um managing i made the newsletters i wrote the blog posts like i i did pretty much a little bit of everything oh that's neat and that job took so much time out of my day that whenever i got home i just like i tried to go to the to to the gym to exercise Uh uh-huh and after that, I was just tapped out. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I understand and that. I switched jobs. Um, and I shouldn't have because I got somewhere that was just even like the, the first serious job that I had was a good place. But I sort of plateaued at a certain point where I wanted to grow 
further into the function that I had. Uh-huh. Um, but there wasn't really the option to advance further in the company. Yeah, which yeah. It's I loved my colleagues. I loved the job. I mean, it was a freaking Google partner. It was, it was very cool. Yeah. Um, then I switched jobs and I ended up in, they called themselves a company, but it was sort of glorified kindergarten. Oh. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And then at the end of January, um, that job luckily ended. And that's when I started well, I, I had to figure out, again, like, what do I want to do with my life? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, existential crisis at 27. <laughs> Way yeah. <ahead> of schedule. <laughs> um, but then I figured, like, I'm a marketer. Mm-hmm. I've got my Instagram. I've got my Twitter. Um, I'm on Reddit as well. Yeah. It would be neat if I could put this on my resume. And so I started thinking, well, I need to dust off the Twitter. I need to dust off the Instagram. I need to grow those platforms to show like hey i actually can market like just give me your social media and i'll do my best exactly yeah and so like at first it started again as let's see if i can grow my twitter so i can put it on my resume like hey this is the growth i had in just two months look at me i'm awesome you want to hire me (laughs) (laughs) and then i started falling back into the community and just interacting again with people. And then it turned from something I could just put on my resume to, Hey, I'm legitimately having fun again doing this. Yeah. That's, that's cool. So, um, yeah. I'm glad to have you back. <laughs> you. Yeah. Cause, uh, it, it's been a while actually. Uh, yeah. I think I took like a two year break. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I I also said I would start streaming on Twitch again. I, I oh. haven't gotten to that yet, but <laughs> maybe one day. Nice. Uh, I'll probably host you uh, if you ever decide to pick that back up. Yeah, I, I did music streams on Twitch, which sort of... Um, oh, nice. You play music? What, what do you play? I play the guitar and the uke, but before you get your hopes up, I play both badly. Oh. <laughs> And self-taught, so it's okay. just basically... I, I can play more than just Wonderwall, but not <laughs> much more. Um, exactly. But I play guitar, I sing, I play the uke. Nice. Um, but I stopped with Twitch because at a certain point, um, not to be complaining, but um, as a female streamer, you get very weird Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very that sucks. Um, and it got to a point where the energy I needed to put into the streams, even though there were a lot of lovely people on the platform as well, I still keep in contact with a lot of them, mm-hmm. but like the very weird and sometimes graphic and horrifying messages outweighed the joy I got out of streaming. Ah, oh, that sucks. It sucks because like the music community and the creative community on, on Twitch is really nice. Yeah. It's like it's it's about as welcoming and lovely as a pixel art community on Twitter. Yeah. But there's no way you can do a music stream without having a webcam. Point yeah. Out. Like, good, but yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, like you didn't have like mods or anything that could like, you know, ban whoever like said that, like right I, as soon as they said it. I had mods, but there uh-huh. were a couple where um, I once received, and this is, I think, the Strata broke the camel's back i once received a very horrifying rape threat while oh, i was wow. in private message sort of they sent it just to see my reaction on stream yeah 
And that's, that's fucked up. It, it kind of gets to a point where even if you have mods, even if you have a good community, it gets to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I sort of Twitter and Instagram now where I don't have to stream my face and stream live and where yeah. I can ignore a troll without them noticing that comment they made affected me. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. yeah so first to my friends in private. <laughs> yeah. Um I'm you know, I have the privilege of not having to go through that. So uh I'm I'm sorry that happened to you. Uh, I'm sorry that guys can be so fucking shitty. Uh, I mean, and, I mean it, girls. well, well, yeah, but I mean, majority of it is guys uh, at the end of the day doing that kind of stuff. So, but like that's something I heard not just from female streamers, but as well from male streamers. Like there are, I mean, it's like on every platform there are people who will just say the most horrifying thing they can think of just to see your reaction. Uh huh. Yeah um and some people just deal with it better than others and yeah. them, there are a couple of music streamers that like i admire um and they have been putting out their own albums and been putting out their own singles on spotify and <clears throat> they managed to shake it off and just build their twitch and that's like i admire that i mm-hmm. i'm someone who if i get a mean comment i'll stew over it way too long like uh, i, I admire okay. Just let that go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for for me, um, I am probably more the type of person to just let it go just because, like, um, I guess it was because of how I was raised, I guess. Like, um, whenever, like, you go to a school and, like, and it's, like, a pretty shitty neighborhood and stuff, you know, people, like, verbally abuse you every day, so you just kind of get used to it. Uh, I guess that's probably why I don't really mind negative comments and stuff like that too much, just because. Yeah, I mean it's it's fine, it's whatever. But like, I guess it's kind of good too because it makes me like better as a person, you know. So, um, so I don't really take negative comments to heart, really. Uh, yeah, I mean you get a lot of positive ones on your Pixlr as well. Well, yeah, sure. I mean that's that's the main that's the good thing too because like I don't really get too many negative comments, but. Uh, the the nice ones are the ones I mainly focus on. So, as everyone should actually. Yeah. Uh huh. Um. Actually, there was this little thing I tried doing uh the other day where I was like uh DM me if you see this tweet or whatever, and um I actually got like a lot of DMs and like everybody was so nice and stuff and it like I don't know it just made me so happy so that was pretty cool. Like I have to admit, I um I posted the terrarium pixels I made um after I made them into cross stitch patterns. I posted them in the Facebook group, which uh-huh. is sort of like virtual artist alley or something like that to support uh-huh. artists out at conventions have understandably been shut off, shut down for the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah. And there were a couple of comments that I got on there, like, "Oh my god, I'm screaming! These are perfect!" and uh-huh. like, <coughs> excuse me, comments <laughs> like that can make my day yeah. or just people who who find the piece on reddit and who like just just positive comments like i try to keep those front of mind i even screenshot some of them to keep on my phone oh that's nice <laughs> just like so i have i mean negative comments tend to stick around in your head longer than the positive ones do so i try to 
reinforce the positive ones by screenshotting them and keeping them in a folder on my phone just so I can flick through them whenever needed. Or you could Which... be like me with like shitty short-term memory and just like not remember anything. <laughs> because like generally like even if I did get a bad comment like I'd probably just forget about it, like in an hour honestly because just because my memory is just like pretty bad so um, yeah I'm, I'm the classic overthinker so yeah. I try to use um I don't know I, I I just try to adapt what I can to focus my brain to look at the positive sort of like if your puppy does something wrong and you force him to look at it yeah <laughs> That's kind of the retraining I'm doing with my brain. Oh, okay. There was a positive commentary. Look at it. <laughs> exactly, um. yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, I don't know if you have any kind of like time constraint thing. Uh, nope. Okay, uh, so let's talk a little bit about, uh, do you have any favorite video games? If you if you game at all. I don't know if you do or not. But um, I game in waves where uh -huh. I'm super obsessed with a game for three weeks and then okay. I quit at the end boss. Uh <laughs> like people of Ferelden and Dragon Age still have to deal with the Archdemon because I stopped caring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I generally I like fantasy games so oh, okay. I like Dragon Age uh, as a big one. What about Witcher? Um, I've played uh, Witcher 3 to Wild Hunt. Like, yeah. I've quit so many hours in that but, oh yeah uh, so one of my favorite games it. you haven't finished it i still haven't uh, finished it no i have like, i notice this with every game that i play i'm super into it for three or four weeks and then uh, i hit the end boss and i just quit uh, <laughs> like yeah. i did that with dragon age i still haven't finished the witcher um well i play guild wars too but that's sort of you can't really finish an mmo yeah oh, can finish the story but yeah um yeah. and i have legend of zelda breath of the wild oh, and yeah. as soon as i hit the first ganon and in like the domain of the zora i think uh -huh. i quit playing <laughs> oh wow and i've been meaning to pick it back up again like it's not that i don't want to finish the game but it's like, i'm currently on my pixel art and creative kick and yeah, yeah. i want to ride that wing for as long as i can for the art block hits again so yeah, it, it, it just comes I actually games. relate to that. Yeah, there'll be times where um, I literally just like game for like days on end, and then there'll be times where I actually really yeah. feel like making Pixar. So it just depends, honestly. And then there's sometimes where I'm like in the mood to do both. Like I'll game for like an hour, and I do Pixar for an hour, and alternate or whatever. So. Yeah, like I, I have another game that I still haven't finished, but that that one's not my fault. Like it's on the PlayStation that my brother has, and ever since we both moved out of the house, like I can't just say, "Hey, I'm gonna steal your PlayStation for I don't know four weeks." Oh uh, yeah. Uh, but I started playing Dante's Inferno. Oh, nice. And I was so close to finishing it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then my brother asked for his PlayStation back. <laughs> Damn. That was actually one of those games where I never actually played because, like, at the time when it came out, I was, like, younger, so I, like, thought it was kind of, like, creepy. So I just, like, never gave it the chance. And then, like, whenever I got older, I just almost, like, pretty much forgot about it and never really wanted to go play it, so. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I studied um, languages 
Uh-huh. And um, one of the classes we had was on European literature. And of course, uh, we yeah. literature, you're talking Dante and La Divina Commedia. Yeah, yeah. And I loved the book. Well, it, it's kind of a hard to read book, mm-hmm. but it's, um, how do I summarize it easily? Um, it's as if Mean Girls was written in medieval times and <laughs> is Dante's burn book. Oh, wow. Uh... Everyone he didn't like, he just put them in a circle of hell. Yeah. So I, I, I like the fact that this entire literary masterpiece is just a book of petty. Yeah, that's funny. And then they made a game based on the book, mm-hmm. and I just I had to play it. And of course, the game takes artistic liberty, and they're not going to do an entire chapter by chapter of the book, of course. Yeah, and yeah. For some reason, the main character has this like very fucked up cross tattoo applique thing yeah I which I remember being mentioned in the book but okay <laughs> um but i liked it plus it's a hack and slash and i am mm-hmm. kind of in every game that i play i'm sort of the especially in an mmo i'm the player that everyone immediately dislikes because i'm a leroy jenkins oh i see, no. I see target and i rush at it uh. <laughs> which in dante's inferno it works because you have this huge ass scythe and you can just kill everything in your way yeah exactly in guild wars i've had complaints <laughs> yeah less so now that they've added the reaper but like, as a necromancer, I, I always forget casters are squishy. Yeah. So you can't run straight into a crowd. Unless you're like a, like a priest or a... Yeah. There, there's certain classes, like in, in MMOs, where there's like a cleric or something, so they have like a shield and then like a ma- like a mace or like a staff or, or a wand or something like that. And they're like a tanky healer kind of thing. I kind of like those classes a lot. Yeah, but, but that's kind of the thing where, like, in, in Guild Wars, if you play a Necromancer, you can play a caster, and you can do area of effect, and you can do ranged damage. Uh-huh. I run a dual dagger. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I changed, up, I changed the setup, because I looked at the meta builds, but I yeah. used to run a double dagger, which requires you to, you know, light armor and be in the thick of it, which is not ideal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, like, my strategy is just Leroy Jenkins rush into the crowd of enemies and just pray I don't die. Wow, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm really selling myself here as a team player. On <laughs> exactly. Nobody's going to ever want to play with you again now. You're like, oh, I've no. already, like, I've already... Um, ah, I can't find the word in English. Um found peace with the fact that I'll never do raids on Guild Wars. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow, people in chat are like trying to get me to do push-ups. This is not this is not a webcam stream, y'all. <laughs> Even if I did push-ups, you wouldn't have proof. Like I could do push-ups right now, but like you wouldn't know. I mean but um but yeah uh so what what would you be doing if you weren't um an artist? Um, well, that's a tough one. Well, um, I'd be translating or interpreting. Oh, nice. That's what I have my degrees in. Um, or marketing, because, well, I did 
two years of marketing work. Uh-huh. So yeah, I think those are the main ones. So like I'd, I'd probably be working as a translator or an interpreter. Nice. Um, I decided not to do that though, because I got my degrees. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, um, to work as a translator or an interpreter, you're mostly working freelance. Now, yeah. I'm saying that, I noticed the irony because I'm now doing freelance. Freelance are, yeah. <laughs> But the problem in, in Belgium is if you work freelance, you basically have to make double the amount of money you'd actually need to survive because you're heavily taxed. Like oh. You have to pay for security, you have to pay for pretty much everything, and the deductibles aren't that great. Damn. So what a lot of people end up doing is they either um, work full-time somewhere and then do freelance work as an added bonus. Mm-hmm. Or you have the absolute mad people who work freelance full time and who manage to sustain themselves, which boggles the mind because in Belgium that's not easy. Exactly. Um, and there was also the added thing where, as an interpreter, you're mostly doing work for the police. Oh, okay. And that in itself is not absolutely horrible, but yeah, I <laughs> I know police is a touchy topic right now, so I'm not going to get into that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But it's more like I um, did a small internship where I got to go with one of my professors to um, the courthouse and mm-hmm. to experience what it's like working as an interpreter in that setting. Oh, nice. And the one thing he told me is that if you're working as an interpreter, you have to shut off your personal feelings about something mm-hmm. and realize you're just a radio who takes um, the message from language A to language B. You're just the switchboard between those yeah because if you, if, you, if you like try and put your own input to it it can make things a little yeah tricky, basically yeah, you have to be a bit of an emotionless robot yeah and my yeah. professor do that because he mm-hmm. says like I've, I've had to interpret um cases of child abuse cases of um immigration being denied yeah uh, stuff like that like very personal cases for the people you're dealing with and you have mm-hmm. to be emotionless about it yeah and i noticed from the internship i did at the courthouse like I cannot shut that out. I cannot leave the courthouse and just leave work at work. That just sounds so stressful. <laughs> it is. Um, and you, have, you have people, like, I was good as an interpreter, as in purely the translating at, like, when um, I had to. Like, I was good at taking it from language A to language B, uh-huh. but I was not good at switching off the emotions. Yeah, yeah. So my professor also said after the internship, like, you would be a good interpreter. Unfortunately, your emotions get in the way. Yeah. Which wasn't, like, he wasn't trying to put me down or anything. He just very matter-of-fact stated, like, you could be a great interpreter. Unfortunately, you probably shouldn't be one. Yeah. Damn. Well, I don't know for me... Um... If I didn't do art, I'd probably do like uh, music uh, or like sound design or music production, something like that. Uh, just because like that's some that's like one of my little hobbies I like doing. It's just kind of fun just messing around and like uh, like digital these digital audio workstations or whatever where you can like just make sounds and stuff. It's pretty fun that doing. Would, that would be really cool though if you added that to your environmental pieces. Like- oh, oh, actually that was like one idea I had um of doing but like uh do, doing that whole setup of like making an animation and then like uh 
like putting music on top or like exporting the animation into like a video software like editing software and like ex like making the music like that it's, it's just so much it's just so much yeah. like like i mean if i ever really wanted to do something like that i probably would probably just not even really make that many pieces probably just it'd be like maybe like a once every other week or so kind of thing um, but hey if i ever get into game dev i know who to ask for the sounds oh yeah for sure i love making sounds so that shit's fine um that's actually kind of something i'm interested in doing like even like for um for like indie little indie games or something i could just make sounds for them honestly because sometimes i don't always feel like making art um Especially because yeah. I feel like making art is like way more draining than making music or sounds, whatever it be. So, yeah, um, yeah that'd be something. Like, I, I just can't wrap my head around writing music, to be honest. Like, I've, oh, I've... I, me either. I don't write music. I just make it. I just put stuff down, and like, if it sounds good, I I'll know if it sounds good or bad. But I don't know, exactly. like the the chords and you know all that kind of stuff. Uh, like I've I've written, I think two three no three songs mm -hmm. and i've posted one of them up on twitter i think mm -hmm. um and people ask me like how did you write this song so, like i wrote the lyrics <laughs> I, took my, I, I took my guitar i went over the entire list of chords i know <laughs> <laughs> and i just went over each chord until i found one that fit <laughs> yeah exactly i am a songwriting expert <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much how that works. <laughs> but yeah, like for me, uh, that's generally what I would do too. I just like come up with some like melodies or something or chords or whatever, and then I'll um, just like you know arrange a song. Like the the hardest part for me is is arranging a song because like um, whenever you go from like one chord progression to another or like a different kind of melody or something like that, it's all like kind of confusing to me. Like, yeah. to think of what will go good with another part of the song, whatever, so. Like, also, circling back to, like, art inspirations, uh -huh. I mean, music is a big one as well. Oh, like, yeah, I'm for sure. sure. sure you can relate. Yeah. But sometimes I'm, I'm listening to certain songs or certain soundtracks, mm -hmm. and I immediately, immediately see, like, a picture that you need to get on paper just listening to that song. I'm not sure if that sort of makes sense. No, I understand that completely. Like, you could be listening to something, and then immediately it pops in your head, like, oh, I need to draw this. Yeah. Uh, so, for me, like, one of my favorite composers is um, Disaster Piece. He did the songs for Fez and Hyper Light Drifter. He did the soundtrack for those. Um, but, like, his, like, oh, man. The way he, the way he makes uh, his, cert, like, the different chords and, like, different chord progressions and stuff is, like, so good, and it just, like evoke so much emotion it's just it's just awesome honestly yeah i'm trying to see if i can find like there are ah uh, yeah there there we go had to mm -hmm. grab my phone there for a second um <laughs> but the ones that i really really like it's like um the main composer who did the soundtracks for the guild wars like the original guild wars games and then part uh -huh. of the guild wars games um howard shore i think okay let me see uh and of course, it doesn't say the name on my. Oh, Jeremy Soul. Wow. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> Howard Chore is from The Lord of the Rings. Oh, okay, okay. I'm just going to hand in my geek card now because <laughs> I got it entirely wrong. <laughs> That's 
Howard Shore with the soundtracks from the Lord of the Rings, and then Jeremy Soul with soundtracks from uh, the main Guild Wars games. Uh-huh. And then yeah. there's also, I'm not sure if you've played the game, but there's this really cool side-scroller, uh, Trine. Oh, okay. Switched. Between the three characters, right? Yeah. There's like the wizard, yeah, have- the thief, and then the warrior guy. Yeah, yeah. But the soundtrack to that game was really fun as well. It's like very playful, but also fantasy-esque. And yeah. I think it was Ari Bukinen, Finnish, Finnish composer. Uh-huh. But I still play that music whenever I'm working on a piece because it's like it helps keep me focused. And it's also, it's fun, it's cute. It's also a little bit dark. Yeah. It's just, absolutely love it. One thing I hate about um, like games is how like underrated the composers are. Because like literally like imagine one of your favorite games without its soundtrack. Like it would not it would not be the same game at all. Oh, if you've ever played um I can't remember which game studio made the games, but like Bastion and Trine. Oh yeah, yeah. Bastion no, it's not Trine, goddammit. Uh, it's, it's Transistor. Uh, Transistor. Transistor, yeah. Yeah. Not only is the art in those games fantastic, mm-hmm. but the soundtrack is cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I freaking love Transistor. That was like one of my favorite indie games whenever that came out. Yeah. I I still replay Bastion from time to time. Like the entire story is beautiful as well. Mm-hmm. And then you have the kick-ass soundtrack, the kick-ass art. It's beautiful. Yeah. I kind of wish like they made a Pixar art kind of game with that like sort of top-down, like isometric kind of style. Mm-hmm. That'd be awesome. Hey, maybe we should pitch it to them. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, I'll do. I'll do some of the art for it. <laughs> and you can you can tackle the backgrounds. I'll just exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that work. No. Yeah. Like art. Um, I forgot where I was going with that. No, games <laughs> and music. Everything influences me. See, I've only oh. had two cups of coffee, so that's why my brain is. Ah, oh, okay. That explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've had like zero cups of coffee today, so I'm actually like it's actually kind of late. Uh, for, How do you do that? <laughs> uh, I just I I've never really been into coffee. Like just the taste itself is like kind of okay. So like that's probably my fault because like the first cup of coffee I've ever had, well I didn't even finish it, but like the first mm-hmm. coffee I tasted was like just pure like black, like it was like it had no flavor at all. So I kind of fucked myself over there. Like, if I actually had some kind of good tasting coffee, I'd probably get addicted to it by now. But uh, oh, just don't ever get Starbucks. Just if you mm, if you want good uh, coffee, yeah. don't get Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like, like the, I, what I from what I hear, like the best places to get coffee at are like the local uh, shop coffee shops and mm-hmm. stuff. So. Or like I started making my own cold brew. Oh, nice. Just because it's, it's, for one, it's cheaper. I live on my own. I'm a freelancer at the moment. Mm-hmm. Like, if it's cheap, it's good. Yeah, well, exactly. Not, but you know what I mean. <laughs> um, but also, it's, it, I can choose which beans I use. I can choose how strong I make it. Um, or, well, I make mine, basically, if I turn the cup around, it sticks in there. Mm-hmm. Um... And you get a coffee that is very sweet, but also not too sweet, and very strong. Oh, wow. And I have at least a liter of that a day, so it's not a healthy habit. A liter? (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I have friends suggest to me, like, hey, maybe your insomnia is coffee-related, which I can see why they think that. (laughs) 
but also I still have insomnia even when I tried to to wean myself off of coffee for yeah yeah so would you consider yourself addicted to caffeine I want to say no, but also when I drink <laughs> coffee for a week, I get headaches. So oh, I say no, my body says yes. <laughs> the withdrawal symptoms, that's how you know you're addicted. Yeah. Damn. See, like, I, I keep joking. I'm not addicted to coffee. I just need it. And I mm-hmm. realize how much of an addict that makes me sound like. <laughs> <laughs> but just, I'm, I'm not a human before I've had my, like, I'm a shuffling zombie. And I had... <laughs> the last job that i had at like the workspace mass well kindergarten masquerading as a workspace i had to get up at like half past five oh, to man. get in my car and then there was two hours of traffic and then wow. had to work eight hours and then uh back in two hours of traffic and get home That's and I, I i needed at least a liter of coffee to survive that wow Damn. Yeah. yeah. I actually. I'm, I'm not, oh wait. I'm go not ahead. That are that uh, much of a drive. Yeah. <laughs> I actually never had to like commute that long for any job I've ever had, so I'm like kind of lucky. Like if I ever had I to think... sit in a car for two hours before I like went to work, like I'd fucking die from that shit. They suckered me in, saying like, <laughs> "Oh, you." work from home you can do that and then i asked for like i was working there for two weeks and was winter it was snowing was like shitty shitty weather and i had to drive on roads that are belgian drivers are not the nicest people oh no (laughs) um, especially if you have to drive around brussels they're very aggressive over there um like, they don't use their blinkers. They just, like, swoop right in before you if they take out your front bumper tough shit for you. Oh, no. Uh, so, yeah, I wasn't all too excited about having to drive um, to work mm-hmm. at 5.30 um, yeah. with that entire context. So I asked them, like, hey, during my job interview, you mentioned I could sometimes work from home. I've been working here for two weeks. <laughs> I would very much like to start a little bit later so I can at least drive on the road when it's, you know, safe. Yeah. (laughs) And the response I got back was, fuck you, no. (laughs) Oh, man, that sucks. Yeah, so they kind of suckered me and was like, you can work from home. You have flexible hours. We're a fun company. And then I signed the contract and it was just like one giant middle finger. Uh. Own you now. Shut up yeah. and do work. Yeah, I hate that. Yeah, um. it's like when you when you see something on the menu in a restaurant and then it arrives in front of you. And you're like, like what the fuck is this? <laughs> like that, that that's not what I paid for. <laughs> this doesn't look you like the menu. Yeah. Bastard. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, what are some of your future goals? Um, at the moment, I'd say get my health back. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty important. <laughs> for actual attainable goals, I know I kind of I want to work um in a nice company. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Where I feel like there's a good work life. That I I'm gonna sound like such 
an old person right now. Like, I want a good life work balance and I want to work somewhere where it's actually nice to work. Yeah. But ideally, for future goals, I'd be working 50 50, like as a digital marketer slash copywriter and as a freelance artist. Like, I want to be able to balance that out better. Nice. Um, ideally, I'd be able to live off of my art. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that's kind of unrealistic, especially given the current climate. Um, yeah. Not sure if it's just in Belgium, but they're killing the art sector. Like, art and, and events is just oh. being slowly choked to death here. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, like, we have nine ministers for health. Um, not ministers, um, nine... I don't know. Is it minister? Because minister is also someone in the Catholic Church, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> we have nine politicians who oh, okay. um, take care of health-related matters in uh-huh. Belgium, which is frankly ridiculous. But then there's no money for the arts and events sector because uh. you got to pay those nine politicians of course yeah um, <laughs> exactly so it, it's given the current climate it's not really realistic to work full-time as an artist um so you plan on staying in belgium like you don't plan on moving anywhere um i like i've got my parents right here i've got all my friends here moving feels very scary oh okay like, i, I have a place where i live it's pretty neat i have a cat and he's an adorable little shit who <laughs> is so bent on destroying my curtains oh um so i know i've never taught i've never thought about moving like when i was fresh out of university mm-hmm. i was looking at job offers and like i think at one point i was looking at one in the uk okay um, and then i received the job offer and I looked at the cost of living, and I looked uh, at the cost of living. Yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah, I had to make the smart choice to not accept the <laughs> job offer. It would have cost me money to work there. Like, I would have paid for the privilege of working at the company. Exactly. Which, I, mm, I think that that's just, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, um, like, I, I used to be kind of scared of traveling, too, until I, like, moved, like, out of the country like for the first time and it's it's like got me kind of wanting to just like travel um like probably in a few years or so uh just like just travel around the world and just to see like where's my favorite place to live and uh based on that is probably where i'm going to settle down at um i do have one place in mind actually because um there, there's, there's just one guy I talked to. Uh, you might know him. His name is Indesga on Twitter. Uh, he, he's making like this game called Nigra. Um, I had him on a podcast. Yeah, I had him on a podcast a few episodes yeah. ago. Uh, but he was talking to me uh, about how New Zealand's a pretty cool place to live and stuff. And um, I told him like, as long as a place has pretty mountains, I'm like down. <laughs> uh, so like, yeah, I can't. I really can't advertise Belgium then. Yeah. yeah waffles. I mean, waffles are nice, but I, yeah. I have to have pretty mountains to look at. It's for inspiration. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, when I was younger, I visited New York with my family. Uh huh. 
And I always figured like, ah, oh, it's so creative here and the city is alive and there are so many amazing museums. Yeah. I want to move here one day. Mm-hmm. And then I learned about American politics. <laughs> oh yeah. You dashed a bullet there. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, oh, you, you guys don't have health care. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh. oh, and the mm, the, mm, the two part. Oh, okay. I oh, you broke your leg. Oh, that'll be two thousand dollars. No worries. Yeah, like especially <laughs> with the outfits I've been having lately. It's like New York is gorgeous, but I think I'll just stick to two week visits. And exactly. Go yeah. Home. Yeah. That's how I feel about oh. a lot of places. Like I, I'd love to visit there, but I never want to live there. Yeah. Um, it's right. like I have family in Texas, and I'd love to visit Houston and Austin and those places again. Yeah. But if I'd have to live there for a year, I'd scream. <laughs> yeah, uh, I hear a lot about Texas. Uh, some good, some good things, and a lot of bad things. So. Yeah. <laughs> my 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 uncle. Um, I'm not sure if he he was joking when he said it, but. It, Given with what I've heard, I don't think he was entirely joking. He said he moved into the Jewish neighborhood because there were less redneck yokel gun-toting hicks. Oh, really? There was yeah. less of them there? Yeah. Oh. Because oh, in the Jewish neighborhood, there aren't as many hardline Christians. Yeah, which, yeah. But, um, yeah, I've heard stories. Firing their guns in in lieu of using fireworks, which wow, that, that sounds pretty accurate. Honestly, I mean, like yeah. gun, like gun control and stuff. There is like pretty like like relaxed. Like you can pretty much own anything you want. I feel like um, unless you're like having like an automatic, fully automatic gun or anything like that. But like, yeah. um, but that's like one of the other things. Like I said, when I was like eighteen or nineteen, and I visited New York, and I felt, "Wow, this is cool!" And uh-huh. then I learned. <laughs> yeah. And exactly. yeah, that squashed that dream pretty quick. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, for me though, yeah, I probably just want to travel for a little bit. Um, New Zealand sounds like a pretty uh, interesting place to live, so I might, I might honestly travel there first and if i fall in love with it then i'll probably just stay there honestly oh but honestly if you're traveling to new zealand you should check out the um leftover of hobbiton that they built there for lord of the rings oh they actually still have the part yeah, of it yeah it's still visible you can still visit it oh no nice. do they have like yeah. like amusement parks or something like that like tourist place that i don't know but i do know there's because when you're swiping on tinder there's always the one dude who has a photo of himself before one of the doors of oh the yeah <laughs> like there are oh there are some cliche photos that you notice and it's usually one of either new zealand or machu picchu like it's uh-huh. always one of those yeah That's but if you funny. go to new zealand you should definitely visit it especially if you're I'm not sure if you're a fan of Lord of the Rings, but if you are, uh, you should definitely. I'm not really a hardcore fan. I like the the whole like fantasy aspects and stuff of it, but I've never really been too big into it. But I mean, it it's, it looked cool though. I mean, um, I really like the I, games and stuff. So <laughs> I grew up on the movies. Yeah, the extended version. Um, I had friends in high school, and well, now that I say it like that, it's. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, but I had um, two friends in high school who were obsessed with Lord of the Rings as well. Mm-hmm. And one of them had the entire box set with uh, the extended movies. Oh, and wow. I think for at least every single year of high school, we held at least one marathon with the um, extended versions, which is pretty much you start at 8 a.m. and you finish pretty late. <laughs> Because nice. we just we would watch all the movies in a row, and then once all the Hobbit movies came out, we um, tried to do a marathon of like the three Hobbit movies extended, and then the Lord of the Rings movies extended. Yeah. Oh my God, they're spamming the fuck out of hydrate on my chat. It's okay, guys. I'm not going to be dehydrated. I have a whole gallon here of water. Holy shit. <laughs> oh my God, they're still going. No. I don't want to drown I'm... myself. <laughs> I'll just take that as my cue to drink a little bit as well. Yeah, like... exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're making up for, for some of the water I don't drink then. There we go. Nice. Stay hydrated, people. Yes. Drink more water. Um, But yeah. Uh, I mean, let's see. Does anybody in chat have any questions? Because uh, it's getting a little late. Like for me so i'm probably gonna chat on my twitch yeah if i still have the app because i haven't used it in so long (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh... if anything i can just read it out um oh yeah so here's one actually um i cast bolt says how do you plot out a pixel piece uh so i'll go ahead and answer that first and then you can um so for me um Generally, what I would do, uh, it depends. Sometimes I'm in, I'm in a mood of literally just doing like the line work um, and just getting a composition down. Or sometimes I'll just go with the blobs and um, sometimes I'll pick like uh, just placeholder colors for like the first like few minutes of doing it. And then um, I'll do a b- bunch of hue shifting and stuff. Uh, but yeah, uh, so what about you? Um, so yeah, it all depends on the kind of piece that I'm doing. Like the very, very teeny tiny pixels. Mm-hmm. I open up the small camera and I just start with the outline and just put down pixels, remove and uh, add as needed until it shows what I wanted to show. Yeah. Um, for the larger pieces, I've been blobbing it in, in the beginning and then refining, but there mm-hmm. are other pieces where I first do the sketch and paint will sigh and then I ink more or less um, in graphic scale, and then I start flattening in the colors. Mm-hmm. And there are pieces where colors come together perfectly. There are other pieces where I take them to Photoshop and I adjust the colors a little bit. So it, it all depends on the piece. Yeah. But lately, my piece has started as like these abstract blobs that sort of yeah. help me lay out the piece. Mm-hmm. And then I hope and pray and curse until it turns out good. <laughs> nice uh here's another question uh same guy he says uh what what would be or what kind of stuff uh inspires you so we talked a little bit about that um so for me uh pretty much like the the whole vibe of like hyperlight drifter is pretty much what i want to um evoke with my pieces as long uh as well as incorporating like uh more natural elements to it like you know mountains and hills and stuff like that and grass and all that good stuff um but yeah what about you 
Um, I'm inspired by a lot of things. Like I watch a lot of series, um, usually a lot of fantasy-esque series or more um, moody series mm-hmm. that sort of evoke a very gothic-ish mood. Like for instance, um, Penny Dreadful, I think the show was called. Oh yeah, with... I actually really liked that, that show. That is just super inspiring because it's gothic, it's dark, it's very atmospheric. Yeah. Um, also, I, I love the, the Chinese over-the-top um, martial arts movies, mm-hmm. like for instance, the Tiger, Hidden Dragon, or um, Curse of the Golden... Well, Curse of the Golden Flowers isn't really a martial arts movie, but it's very bright and saturated and mm-hmm. gorgeously detailed. Yeah. And for instance, also the Studio Ghibli movies, like... So I, I take inspiration from wherever I can find it, and then I try to adapt what I can from each piece. Like yeah. for instance, with the Chinese movies, it's the um, the very bright and detailed palettes that I get from there. Mm-hmm. With the Sydney movies, it's the very soft watercolor backgrounds that inspire me. Yeah. Um, like it. it could sometimes just be a song that I'm listening to, and a, an image pops up in my head. Sometimes I'm cooking and i notice hey this and this and this could look good together in like a tiled pattern it's just it's very random what inspires me but it just does speaking of cooking what kind of stuff do you cook oh i'm all over the place (laughs) um i like making chili con carne um i probably don't make a proper mexican one though Uh probably Wait, what is that I, the is that the one where it's like a stuffed pepper pretty much? No, it's no? um it's just chili. It's like um not exactly a soup, but also not exactly solid, but it oh. has a lot of meat. Okay, okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about actually, yeah. <laughs> Why I say it I probably don't make it properly is I dump an entire bottle of red wine into it. Oh wow. <laughs> uh, that's usually for like a pot that I can eat two or three weeks out of. So Yeah, well, okay. In- um yeah when i'm cooking i'm also quite chaotic like at one point i had bell peppers in my fridge that needed to be used up so i roasted those and made them into sort of a pasta sauce nice. gave my parents and they asked me for the recipe it's like i don't know you just threw it together pretty much <laughs> yeah. like, I added the peppers i added the spices i still had a glug of white wine that needed to be used mm-hmm. so that in as well and it turned out okay <laughs> that's one of my favorite things about cooking is you literally can make anything like yeah. as long as you find ingredients that like sort of complement each other and doesn't make you throw up pretty much like i mean it works <laughs> so exactly. yeah like i also love um for my birthday this year my parents and a couple other people they put money together to get me um a kitchen aid like um what's it called one of those stand mixers i think like the the, the jazz kitchen robot i think oh and i like making garlic bread i like making dumplings and everything from scratch Uh um but because i'm hypermobile like kneading that dough it's all on my shoulder and on my wrists yeah Sometimes I would be in the kitchen for like six hours or eight hours on end to meal prep, which is not that good for your knees either. Yeah. Um, so now that I have that kitchen robot, I can just make the garlic bread in under an hour flat. Um, I can make those dumplings. Well, I still need to like twist and pleat and fold all of them, but mm-hmm. dough is easy to make. Yeah. Um, I cook a little bit of everything. Nice. 
God helps. Literally, like, I only cook, like, one thing. <laughs> I only cook chicken. That's pretty much it. <laughs> no, like, I, I follow a lot of um, vegan cooking Instagrams. Uh -huh. I'm, I'm not necessarily strict vegan, yeah. but uh, vegan food is cheaper to cook when you live alone because yeah. meat is expensive. Yeah. Plus, they have very neat tricks where if you, um, for instance, and this is something I tricked my colleagues with on not the last job, but the job before that, um, mm. you can make a pretty kick-ass chocolate mousse with the brine from chickpeas, like the chickpea water. Oh, wow. Um, I brought some to work and I offered it to them. They tasted it. And then I told them like, hey, guess what this is made with? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they were, they knew I cooked vegan from time to time. So they were already mildly horrified. Like, what did you put into this? <laughs> And then the reveal when you tell them like this chocolate mousse that you devoured and found absolutely delicious was made with chickpea water. <laughs> nice. Like I love well, just a little bit of a little shit that way, but I love just doing stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> I love cooking, so honestly, future goals could also be like if I could cater, I would like I, I have oh, so nice. many hobbies and stuff that I do. Yeah. I could probably like freelance in five different creative sectors. <laughs> Honestly, I'm the same way. Like I have so many hobbies as well. Um, like I even like, um, what's the, fuck, I forgot what it's called. <laughs> how late is it over there? Um, it's 11 o'clock right now. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's late. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's not too late. Like, usually I stay up, like, at least on my days off, I stay up, like, until, like, 12 or 1, something like that. But... Yay, night owl. Exactly, yeah. Um, that's why I don't like getting up in the morning. Uh, yeah, exactly. Because why get up in the morning when you can just stay up until the morning, right? <laughs> yeah, it's way easier to stay up until 4 a.m. than it is to get up at 4 a.m. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Uh... Uh, but I think that's all the questions. So, I mean, there's nothing else, uh, uh, you want to talk about. Um, I mean, we can, you can, you can plug like your stuff in chat and stuff, and then we can go ahead and wrap it up. Um, I think we've covered pretty much everything. Um, if people want to, they can always follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Um, nice. on Instagram, well, I'm, I'm true on both. Um, mm -hmm. Instagram, it's mostly the art. On Twitter, you get the shit posts for free. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll go ahead and link that in chat. Yeah. But other than that, like, thank you for having me on the podcast. Yeah, for cool. sure. Yeah, it was nice talking to you. Uh, I hope you have a good rest of your day. You still have a whole day ahead of you, so. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> probably get started on the second title pattern. Like, I yeah. have, uh, I have some good ideas. Now I just gotta get them. Well, not onto paper, but onto pixel. Ah, <laughs> uh -huh. yeah. All right. Well, it's nice talking to you. And uh, likewise. Yeah, I'll go ahead and talk to you later. I'm gonna go ahead yeah. and hang up. See ya. Bye. Nice, y'all. Yeah, I'll go ahead and hydrate one last time. Oh shit! All right, here we go. I'm trying to get this uh, outro thingy going on here. If I can get it up. There we go.
Alright, let me hydrate one last time. That's it. No more. Alright, but yeah, this is her uh, Twitter page. Uh, make sure y'all go give her a follow. She's almost at 2K. So go ahead and follow her and retweet her stuff. Um, but yeah. I think uh, my next host, I might do uh, take her advice and see if I can get um, Brandon James Greer on, on here. Uh, you might know him from for his uh, his Pixar art tutorials and stuff that he does on YouTube. But uh, yeah, so we'll see if we can get him on there. But yeah, thanks everybody. Hope you have a good one.